can help you none Oh, can't you see? I've got a heartache of my own Don't cry on my shoulder It's not for crying on I know you're sad But there's nothing I can do Gonna need my shoulder to get me through the crowd. Cause if I stop, you'll see I'm crying too. Don't bring me your heartaches, I can't help you none. Oh, can't you see? I got a heartache of my own. Said she'd see me there Then she walked in Holding hands with someone new What kind of heartbreak party Has this turned out to be I gotta go Before I break in two Don't bring me your heartaches I can't help you none Oh, can't you see? I've got a heartache of my own They've been so close Since they walked right through that door I gotta go I can't stand it I can't take it anymore Welcome to the Strange Brew Podcast. My name's Jason Barnard. I've got Barry Ryan here. And the, the first track that you heard was Paul and Barry Ryan going back to 1965. Barry, uh, you're an artist very close to my heart because you're originally from Leeds, which is uh, where, where I'm based. Tell us about um, your sort of early days with your brother. And I think your your, your mum, Marion, was also a pop singer. She was. My mum was... Um, first of all, how are you, Jason? We've been trying to get in touch with you for a while. Seven years, and you must be losing your touch. <laughs> Thank you. But no, my mum was a, uh, a singer actually in the 50s. She had a, a TV show called Spot the Gym. Of course, in those days, there were only a couple of stations. Uh, when you were a star, then you really were a star. It's a whole different kind of thing. Paul and I were both up in the right? We went to um, boarding school at Fulmec in, in Pudsey, and we were there a couple of years, and then we <clears throat> came down to London. We didn't know what to do with ourselves. Uh, we had no skills. We weren't academic. Uh, we didn't sort of come from a sort of very, you know, we came from quite a working class background. So the idea of going to university then was just not an option, really. There didn't really know what to do with it. So mum said, why don't you guys become sinners? And we thought, oh, no, no, it sounds a bit mad, that, but why not? You know, it's better than working for a living. So we did. 
Uh, and because he, you know, Evelyn knew my mother and they knew that she was our mother, so it was a little bit tough at first. We did get a lot of knocks and probably quite rightly, Jason, to be honest. Um, we weren't that talented, you know, we had a bit of talent, but not a massive amount. Uh, we could sing a bit, but we sort of uh, got into it and we had a couple of hits. Not really massive, I think, up top tens. And, and then we did some quite interesting stuff, actually. The music started getting quite good, I thought. We started working with sort of <coughs> Mike Hurst and Mike Leander and Cat Stevens. And there were some quite good songs, quite trippy 60s music, which I really liked. But it wasn't until Paul called it a day that um, we sort of got the song Eloise going, right? And we changed. And it's interesting because this, this show kind of reflects the, the journey that you had. We moved from Don't Bring Me Your Heartaches, which is quite a sort of more of a sort of traditional mid-60s ballad, and then each sort of step of the way that the, the sound does actually move on. Um, so the second song is I Love How You Love Me, which is, you know, the production on that's pretty cool, but interesting use of bagpipes. Yes, that's right. He was, uh, there was a guy, Don Finlayson, he was our roadie. Uh, and the next military guy is a very good pipe player. So we had this idea of using bagpipes on it. And uh, he's uh, come on, marched on stage in his full sort of regalia uh, while we, we used to do it on tour. I remember doing the tour with, oh God, a fantastic tour, with the Small Faces, Roy Orbison, uh, what's not, the Yarbers, I think. It was a real mixture of people. And he used to come on sort of dressing all the gear. And you get terribly nervous. And his mouth is right. The bikes are sort of packing halfway through so everything he pulls up. But no, it was great. It was actually quite a nice track.
Excellent. Well, that was uh, Paul and Barry Ryan with I Love How You Love Love Me. And uh, again, th- this progression keeps on coming. And uh, you mentioned Cat Stevens earlier, Barry. So we, we've got Keep It Out of Sight. And that's, that's that's kind of a bit more. I mean, not only was it written by Cat Stevens, but Mike Hurst produced. It's got that real Matthew and Son, I Love My Dog sort of feel. Yeah. No, it's a good track. It's a really nice song. I mean, I've, I've been very harsh on on the stuff Paul and I did together, but I've kind of re- reassessed it recently, listened to some of the stuff. And there is some really nice tracks. I mean, there's a lot of sort of sort of dodgy ones as well. Um, but we, we do try different stuff. What I loved about me and Paul, we did go for it. But, I mean, to say a eclectic would be an understatement. There were some really truly sort of horrible things like, hey, mama, keep your big mouth shut, and Claire, I mean, these awful, big, swishy, horrible songs, but we were just kids, we were pointing us in the studio, and did it, and we got on with it. But every now and then, we, we did something that we really liked, and that was one of those tracks, and it was a really nice production. And funny enough, I saw, I saw uh, Yusuf a couple of weeks ago, he was only in London, um, I took my son to see him. My, my, my son and stepdad, we went down and see him, and uh, he was still fabulous on stage. He still got a great voice. But you, you guys knew each other in, in that scene, I understand. Yeah, we did. We got back. Paul, in fact, Paul shared a flat with, uh, with him for about a year. In fact, he sent me a demo of this fantastic song called Cup of Tea that he and Paul wrote together when they were like 19. But no, it was a good track. It was actually a really good song. If you got a little love, you wanna keep it back. If you got a little love, you wanna keep it back. If you got a little love, you wanna keep it right. Keep it on an island, keep it out of sight. If you got a little love, you wanna keep it right. If you got a little of you 
was Keep It Out of Sight from 1967. So Paul, now we've got pictures of today, which is, uh, was that your last single as Paul and Barry Ryan in 68? I think it was actually, Jason. And yes, I think it was. That was when Paul sort of down tools and said, that's it. Sorry, I've had enough. I don't think he hated being on set. He really didn't like it at all. Um, and I think that's when he really got the bug for the idea of becoming a songwriter. And he went into the studio with Graham Nash, I remember, and did a song called Feed People Free, which was a really nice track. It was a lot before that. But it got him in the mood to really write songs. He wanted to be in the background. I think the first song Paul wrote was a song called The Show Is Over, We Are Going Home, which is a really fantastically beatly um, sort of Sergeant Pepper song. It's wonderful. Uh, he wrote that before Eloise. Eloise was just sent me some new words. Was Picture of Today one of um, Paul's tracks, or was that just an, was that another cover? Yeah, it was a cover. I, I don't know who wrote it. I think it was Michael Leander. Oh, yeah, I think Mike produced it. Um, I've got a funny feeling he wrote it. I thought it was a really good song produced it. I really liked it.
So moving on from pictures of today, uh, 1968, again, we leap forward a year. And um, you were mentioning this before, is that sort of Paul did a bit of a, a Brian Wilson, really, and kind of stepped, stepped uh, into the sort of production and, and, and writing field, whereas as you kind of fronted that. And the, the single that you released, Eloise, such great writing from Paul. Well, he didn't have any rules to break. That was a lovely thing. He, you know, he was not um, academically musical. He was not. Um, he's not a crafty learner. He just sat at a piano, painted the keys different colours so he could remember them, uh, and got writing. Uh, and that's what I loved about him. He, he sort of had no rules to break. And I remember before Eloise, we went to uh, Richard Harris's house to one of his mad parties. And he played MacArthur Park to me and Paul. He got a rough, a rough sort of mix of it. And I always remember Paul listening to Jason. I always remember seeing his face. I could see something on his face and he was thinking, I've got to do something like this. Uh, he just loved it. Uh, and he actually locked himself away and wrote Eloise. And he really did close the door of the room and write it. It took him about three days. And he came out and he played it to me. And I thought, what's this? You know? I thought, you can't have a slow bit, no fast bit in the line. It's five minutes. How are we going to play this, Paul? Um, but he was absolutely right. We tagged it onto the end of the session that Paul and I did with Mum, actually. And it was actually, we only had chance, chance to do two takes. It was so long. Uh, but when we recorded it, I always remember this, because Jimmy Page was on it and Glenn Campbell and John Paul, John, they were all session guys. Big red um, I remember when we finished it, the string section applauded. They tapped their bows. I've never, ever, ever had that before in the studio. It was always, you know, looking at you, watching you getting out of there quick. Uh, and everyone wanted to come up to the mixing desk that were up at IBC. Everyone wanted to come up and listen to it. Now, that's really, really unusual with, with sort of high professional musicians. It's a very unusual thing. And people just want crowded in there to listen to it. And then everyone said, after the hearing the first time, you've got a really big hit record there. You do know that, don't you? Uh, and you know what? We, we did. It's a really remarkable thing, Jason, but we did know that we'd done something very special. You did, and I, I've, I've heard that it was an influence on Bohemian Rhapsody. It was. I mean, I remember reading David's memoir that he was into it, but he, he really, really liked it. And also, he used it as an argument to release Bohemian Rhapsody because... The record, his record company didn't release it. And he says, well, that byline is a big five and a half minute hit. Why can't we do it too? The only thing was that in America, they butchered that where you say, they cut the, oh God, it's so terrible. They cut the beginning out, they cut the end out, and they cut the middle out. So basically, it was just like four verses, and they just basically wrecked it, cut it down to about two and a half minutes, and sold about eight copies of it, and got in the top 50. It would have been a big hit in America, and I couldn't come into it. But the, the record company just couldn't... The idea of releasing a five-and-a-half-minute song was just sort of a comical thing. I'm there and heaven knows I hope 
sun that makes the day That lights the way And when that star goes by
so after Eloise, we're we're moving to uh, Love Is Love, and um, you know that's another great single, and it's really got that sort of driving, sort of up tempo uh, sound. I like Love Is Love a lot. It's a really, really, really hard song to sing because it's just at the end it just goes bananas. It's really funny after <laughs> thinking with Steve Yosef after Eloise came out, he, he wrote a song for me called Wild World. He said, do you want to release you know, this? And I listened to it. I thought, God, this is a really good, catchy, simple song. But Paul, obviously, I wanted to stick with Paul. And Paul wrote Love is Love. And in retrospect, it was too close to Eloise. They were very, very similar in, in their sort of feel. But I actually thought it was a fabulous song, Eloise. Uh, sorry, Love is Love. So I was very happy to release it. And it did pretty well. It got number one in quite a few countries, actually. But not in England.
Superb album, uh, Barry Ryan Sings, Paul Ryan. There were so many songs that could or should have been singles off that. Um, um, Why Do You Cry My Love seems seems like a sort of another song that could have been big. Mm. It's actually a really good album. I'm very proud of that album. I've started listening to it again sometimes. And it's actually a really fabulous album. And um, I don't care if that sounds sort of big-headed or facetious, because it really is. When we fell in love, uh-huh. 
Winter's on, so let's have fun. I'm on my way, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Who's fooling who? It's me that's hunting you. I'm gonna make you. When I take you for the hunt, and I cover the You know, you were sort of mentioning uh, Paul's originality and, and style of music, uh, lyrics, etc. And uh, another song, which is is another sort of one-off, is My Mama. I love that song. It's a real big, it's like sort of an Italian kind of mad love song about someone singing to their mother. I absolutely love it. It's, I love the orchestration too. I mean, it goes completely over over the top at the end. There's something about sort of Paul's songwriting that was just prepared to kind of just break the mould. Yes, I agree with you. He, he he really, really did try to do different things all the time. And often, I, I'm actually really convinced that I really do believe he influenced quite a lot of people with his songwriting. Because I listen to songs sometimes, and it sounds a bit like something Paul was written. And uh, and I really think that at the time, I think a lot of people really did actually listen to what he was doing. I know Roger Dalton, for instance, loved some of the stuff Paul was doing. Um, he was a really big fan. I do get people saying sometimes that, you know, your brother wrote these fabulous tracks, these completely mad songs. Thank you. 
go I think into 1970 now you know and another hit and I think particularly uh, over over in Germany uh, we have Magical Spiel I love that one too I think that's a great song there's a good clip of that on, 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 on top of the pop script on YouTube and I think that's a fabulous song Magical Spiel I mean you were, you were backed by a few bands uh, in this period I think you were backed by the majority and on this in this period the Candy Choir that's right they were good bands. Um, there was Rob Storm and the Whispers. I mean, they were actually really good, really, really good bands. Uh, I also had my own band at that time called The, the Verge, which was a Scottish band. And uh, just from writing them, they were a fantastic band. Oh, I, I want to talk about them in a, in a few tracks, actually. So, <laughs> okay. so uh, yeah, so let's play, play A Magical Spiel by Barry Ryan uh, from 1970. Spin me spell You do it well Lucifer
next we have uh, Kitsch. I mean, that's that's another cool track. Yep. Yeah, that's another big song. It mad as well. Great lyrics. Anyone that can write you know, about steak and lovely wine and prawn cocktails in a song, if you can get that in a song, it can't be bad. But yeah, I thought that, I thought Kitsch was good fun. And uh, I think that was a top ten in Germany. Uh, yes, it was. It was, it was quite a big hit in Germany. Yeah.
Next, Barry, uh, I want to play a song called I Think You Know My Name. Well, that was something I wrote with, with, the, with the guitarist in the version. I actually quite like that song. It, it's got a kind of slightly um, Zeppelin kind of feel to it. Yeah, it's got a bit of sort of more sort of uh, rock feel to it. And as as you were saying, uh, you were with a um, were they a Scottish group, The Verge, in this time? Yes, they were the Scottish. Yeah, they were Scottish guys. Really nice guys. And I did. I, I went up there and we wrote and we put a whole series of tracks together and we played them to Polydor, who absolutely hated them and said, we're never going to release this music. You know, what, you know, this is far too sort of progressive and heavy for you. And it just isn't exactly what we want for you at all. And I had terrible rows with them. Uh, eventually, they did release them on dribs and drabs, but it was a direction that I wanted to go in musically, and I was very happy with it. But the record company, uh, as usual, you know, didn't really want to know. So that they wanted to kind of for you to stick in a certain formula? They did. They did. They thought it was too risky to come out with sort of tracks like this. But, it, you know, I think the thing is, when you write, you, you don't really have any sort of, um, I don't know, it's just something that you do naturally. And those songs came very, very naturally. I guess it's also a ri- risk staying with exactly the same sound anyway as, as the music scene changes. Of course, it is. there has to be a sense of dynamism there. You know, if there isn't, of course, everyone just looks a bit stale. You end up copying yourself and shooting the same photograph over and over again. I've seen it in photography as well, where people just get a style and they stay with them. That's what I loved about the Beatles, you know, and Picasso and great talent, is that you take a risk and you keep trying new stuff. Even if you fall flat on your bum, you, you at least go out there and try it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, let's play uh, I Think You Know My Name uh, by Ryan uh, with The Verge, and I think it came out on Sanctus, Sanctus Hallelujah, your album. Let's play.
as we kind of move well into the 70s, um, Paul's songs had great success with other artists such as Frank Sinatra, even Dana, actually. Yeah, that was actually a very nice song, uh, Who Put the Lights Out? I, I, I do the version of that too. That's a fabulous song. The uh, penultimate song uh, I'd like to, to play today, Barry, is a, a song called Brother, and I think that was actually written by you. It was. I wrote that. Um, I, it's something I think sort of, someone played that to me recently. I, I haven't heard it for years. It's actually quite a nice track. I remember Rod Stewart wanted to record it. I said, yeah, go ahead. But he said, I, I want people to think I well, can't remember now. He said something like, oh, yeah, but uh, I, I want to... I want to say that I wrote it. So I told myself off. I remember, I, I swear to you, that's the truth. 
I thought, uh, let me think about that rod for a minute. No, that people are weighing on me. But no, it's a nice song, brother. It's got a nice kind of vibe to it. I understand that was produced by Junior Campbell, formerly of Marmalade. Great songwriter. He was, yeah. Yeah, he was a very, very good producer. Mm. And that was, uh, that was, I think that was 1977? Yes, it was. It was just basically before I sort of stopped singing. They were the last kind of tried to do it. Did you sort of move into photography soon after, or were you kind of always interested in that? I think I just sort of was getting really stale. The hits weren't coming anymore. I was sort of drinking a lot. I was a bit sort of bonkers at the time. I was sort of slightly off the rails, and I thought, I've had enough of this. Um, and I discovered photography, and I just loved it. And being a very addictive kind of person, I just put everything into my photography and sort of let the music drift by, uh, which is kind of a bit sad, really. Uh, and then I just sort of didn't sing for years. I mean, until I started doing shows about... 10, 15 years ago, people were ringing me asking me to do concerts and things, um, tours of Germany and stuff, which I got back on the road because I actually missed singing like hell. And the Doshi's always good, of course, and uh, it, it's done to a certain level. I really enjoy it. But um, no, I, thought, I, I kind of let my music sort of drift away, but maybe that's the way it should be, Jason.
finish up today on uh, another of your tracks um i think this is a bit more recent for me it's a bit sort of a bit lennon-esque it's uh, break the circle uh you know what it's funny i'm just rec- I'm, I'm just well i haven't i'm just about to record that song properly um do you like it yeah it's lovely it's a lovely song isn't it i like it too it's a very simple beautiful song and it's funny you should um you should mention that track because I, I am just about to do it. And in Paris, I'm in Paris next week. We're going in to record it properly. You know, over the last sort of thirty years or so, photography has been your your first love. Do you, do you still do you still write at all? Or? I do a little bit. Yeah, I've written some bits and bobs. <clears throat> I'm not actually a very good writer, to be honest. I sort of find it quite hard to write, and and I'm not a very original writer. I realise that. I, 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 you know, I, I'm a much more original photographer than I am a writer, um, but I do love it. I do enjoy writing. I, I just wish it was a bit better. But um, it, it shows with Break the Circle that you can still uh, produce, a, you know, a superb track. Well, it's very kind of you, and I really appreciate that. But I don't know. I think the thing is, you, you do what you do, and every 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 new thing you write is the best thing you've ever written. I mean, that's it's like when you go in the studio, you know, you sort of come out and think, oh, that's you know, that's the number one. It's the best thing I've ever done. You've got you've got to think like that. It sort of spurs you on. Um, it's only with the luxury of retrospect that you sort of listen to these things um, and and you reevaluate. And I do that. I never throw my photographs away. Because I found boxes of stuff that I did 30 years ago, which I would have thrown away at the time. And I look at them now, and some of them are actually really nice pictures. So I think it's good to hang on to your stuff and sort of listen to it now and check it out. That's great, Barry. Um, thank you so much uh, for your time today. Um, let, let's uh, let's play Break the Circle. And um, I'm sure uh, myself and, and the listeners today will, will look forward to hearing the, 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 uh, the fully released version, because this is the, uh, the demo. Yeah, I'll send you up a copy. Definitely. I'll, I'll mail the one across. I've really enjoyed talking to you. It's been nice. Everyone looks, then everyone looks away. Everyone speaks. Everyone talks 
Thank you.